the death of Jesus on the cross. This is the defining moment of all of history. It's, it's on the cross that we see who God is, uh, that He is love, and that He is willing to give up everything, even fellowship with His own Son, who is God in the flesh. He's even willing to give that up to have us as His dear children. So without question, it is the cross. It is the defining moment in all of history. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio picks up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Welcome to Table Talk Radio. Uh, today is the special End Times edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, and always with me is Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. We're praying that the Lord will return before we re- finish recording this show. <laughs> I am, uh, 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 I'm really excited. This is my favorite Table Talk Radio because Pastor Wolfmiller has done all of the show preparation for this, this edition of Table Talk Radio. Evan, the seminary gag line, uh, hasn't gotten to the end times eschatology class at the seminary, although he is back in Fort Wayne, which is leading very soon to to the segment that Evan's been looking forward to, which is uh, ask your co-host pastor to help you with your seminary homework. That's right. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. And uh, in light of, of Pastor Wolfman doing all of the show prep for today, uh, show complaints can be sent to 866-851-5523. Or uh, I'll give your email address out, uh, prbw at tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> prbw. That sounds kind of nice. I don't know if anyone's actually ever sent me an email through that super secret email address. Uh, so if you want to be the first, uh, join in. Well, I signed you uh, up also, for, a, for a bunch of uh, End Times newsletters. Haven't, didn't you get those? <laughs> Is it Tim LaHaye and some other? Uh, you didn't get those? Right, raptureready.com and all this business. <laughs> Oh, riveting reading. I, I was one time I was on this uh, End Times chat room, by the way, and, and having this extended long discussion with people about uh, what would have happened if the Jews would have accepted Jesus. Because, you know, that's uh, they think that the plan one was for Jesus to set up this earthly millennium. Uh, but we'll cover that a little bit later in the show. All right. Well, uh, let's give out the lineup then for Table Talk Radio. First, we're playing Table Talk Jeopardy. Uh, with, My favorite game. Yes, of course, and uh, with some uh, particular end times categories. And I think I'm the only one being questioned on this game. Is that right? Right, making you the only one having any possibility of getting points, which is just how I know you like it. Well, I have to get some points first, so let's not, uh, let's not right, get, true. get too ahead of ourselves. And after that, we're playing Answer the Question As. This is a, a little game we play where we, we discover uh, different views and uh, different uh, theological uh, perspectives and 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 compare them to the scriptures. And so I'll be asking Pastor Wolfmuller different questions. He'll be answering the question as a dispensationalist and then as a Lutheran. Uh, and then after that, we're uh, just hitting some of the the popular proof texts for uh, the end times uh, rapture uh, views. And we'll be talking more about uh, what all that means uh, here in the show. So let's get going, Pastor Wolfmuller. Yeah, gather around the family, the children, get out your Table Talk Radio home game and get ready to play along. It's Table Talk Jeopardy. Ding, 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 we need ding, to market that, that home game. Yeah, we need to make it first. All you need is a radio, I guess. That's all the equipment needed. 
What's the age limit on this game? Oh, there, is there know. a choking hazard with the toddlers? <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch out for that. All right, so you're on the hot seat, Evan. So I'm going to give you the answers, and uh, and you give give me the question. Now we'll just go through, and I'll, I'm going to give you a hint. You, it's actually kind of a multiple choice Jeopardy. Uh, your answers are going to be one of the four major uh, in times views. I might throw in a curveball somewhere in there too, uh, but you just have one category. It's views of the in times, and so the four views, just for those listening along at home, are uh, premillennialism, either historic or dispensational. Uh, but premillennialism might count. Postmillennialism and the so-called amillennialism. Uh, so those are going to be the questions um, to these answers. So you have a category. You want to start with 100? Uh, yes. All right. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, this belief keeps an eye out for the rapture, the sudden and secret disappearance of all Christians. Uh, that would be dispensational premillennialism. Or, excuse, oh, sorry, what is dispensational premillennialism? That was a close one. I've been waiting for you not to ask the question <laughs> so I can zap you. Pow! Uh, but no, you're right. Uh, the dispensational premillennialism. What gave it away there, Evan? Uh, well, the of course the always looking for the the rapture, and then, and then I guess the key was a secret rapture. Yeah, secret rap, dispensationalism. Now, we should define some of our terms here. The first is is the millennialism. You notice that all of the answers have that word millennialism in it. Right. Uh, and that's a Latin word uh, that comes from millianum, 1,000 years. Uh, and, and the way that uh, the, the word that the, this is describing is the 1,000 years that it talks about in Revelation chapter 20. I think six times Revelation 20 mentions the 1,000 years. Now, someone's view of the end times is then predicated on when they think that the Lord will return. If they'll return, if Jesus returns before the millennium to set up this earthly kingdom on earth, they are a pre-millennialist. If someone thinks that Jesus will come after the millennium, then that would be a post-millennialist. Now that uh, would, and if someone, oh, sorry. oh, sorry, go ahead. I think that that would probably be why you uh, at the beginning uh, said that amillennialism was so called because uh, the, the prefix a there usually means no or, or none, so no millennial. Right. The, uh, those the so-called amillennialists are those that believe that we're living in the millennium now, uh, which is. Uh, really, I think the only view that you can have when you come to the scriptures. But uh, again, we'll get to that a little bit later. So, so that's what these terms mean. Now, uh, we divided up dispensational and historic premillennialism because in the ancient church there was those people who thought that Jesus would return, bring about the resurrection, set up an earthly kingdom uh, for a thousand years before the new heaven and the new earth. But then, in the middle of the nineteenth century, some guys came along and modified that view. Uh, the dispensationalists. And those are the ones that are looking for the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, the secret rapture, the seven years of of God dealing with his people Israel, uh, and then uh, a second, second coming and the setting up of the millennium and all of this stuff. So the popular guys like Tim LaHaye and the Left Behind series and the movies and... uh, uh, and and all of these fellows, uh, Hal Lindsey and these guys, uh, these are all dispensationalists, and that's the view that they're promoting and that they're teaching. Uh, so so I don't know if you guys want to. Maybe we should put some show notes up on the. Yeah, I was going to say uh, I have a pretty website. good chart of all these, so I'll, I'll try to uh, post on the website. Uh, by so people can stars. go and take this because it's a lot of words and uh, and it's it's somewhat convoluted, but uh, we're trying to make it simple here, which we hope to do with the next answer for two hundred points. You ready for this one? Ready. The teach this teaching 
expects the gospel to spread to all the earth and bring about the so-called golden age of the church. The golden age of the church, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I am going to guess post-millennialism. That's right, Evan. Post-millennialism. This is the idea that the church, through the preaching of the gospel, will really take over the world. And that the church will bring about this golden age, or the millennium, before Jesus returns. Now, some post-millennialists say that this will be... Um, that this will be a literal 1,000-year golden age. Others think it will just be a long period of time before the Lord returns. Uh, but all the post-millennialists teach uh, that, that the church, it's through the church that the Lord will bring about his reign, a uh, visible reign on earth, uh, before he returns. So you're right, 200 more points for a total of 300 in the show so far. That's pretty good. So I'm definitely going to win this, this uh, game then. No, no, you can lose points if you miss the question. <laughs> what? Oh, that, we've never played that before, have we? Well, no I, one's ever I guess actually I've never missed, missed a question before. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know our games will fall apart if we ever miss some of these uh, things. <laughs> All right. So, so now, postmillennialism was really popular around the turn of the century. Then it kind of died out with the world wars, but it's coming back. And you know who wrote a book about postmillennialism? Is this reformed fellow uh, who teaches out in Florida? Uh, what is his name? R.C. Sproul. Uh, his book on the end times, the end times according to Jesus, kind of holds forth a post-millennialism. So it's it's starting to make its way back amongst uh, some of our uh, Reformed uh, friends. But it's still, it's not a very popular view. Okay, I will take the next one then. Are we at 300 then? Yes. This theology expects Jesus to rule the earth from the throne of David in Jerusalem and to sacrifice bulls and goats in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem in his millennial kingdom. Uh, let's see. Now, we are there 500? I mean, there, do we have 100 all the way to 500? Yes. So these could these would have to loop again at some point, huh? Perhaps. Uh, because I kind of think... <laughs> uh, I might be wrong, but I think this is. Uh, I don't. I don't want to get it wrong, though. <laughs> uh-huh. You got to go out there. You can't. Uh, can't just talk about winning without actually giving an answer here, Evan. You're not running for political office. I think this is dispensational again. You're uh, right. Oh, whew. Sweating, dispensational buddy. premillennialism. You got Woo. it. Doesn't this sound kooky, though? I it mean, does. Jesus sacrificing bulls and goats at the rebuilt temple. Yeah, that is. Hey, uh, we're, we're about out. Do you want to uh, explain this on the other side of the break, and we'll finish up the game after this break? You got it. All right. Well, hey, uh, before we uh, check out here, I want to tell everyone to check out their website. Uh, check, out, check out our website, rather, uh, tabletalkradio.org. Uh, we have a new little thing on there. Our, our forum is there where you can discuss this actual show. So, again, uh, remember, Pastor Wolfner did all the show prep. So, if you want to uh, tell him what you think of this show, go on to our, our website, tabletalkradio.org, click the forum link. And just uh, there's a free login there, and you can uh, express your comments about this show. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. (laughs) 
The Donate Now button at tabletalkradio.org is now open for your convenience. Through PayPal, you can make fast, secure, huge donations to the show. So visit our website, and thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, we are right in the saying? middle of a game. Oh, are, you, are, you, are you all right? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to do All right. It. You scared me over there talking <laughs> about trying to. Anyway, uh, we're, we're in the middle of a uh, Table Talk Jeopardy game right here, and uh, I think I'm dominating. Is that right, Pastor Wolf Miller? Yes, you have 600 points. I'm not playing. So the only thing you could do <laughs> is if you go negative, that would be somewhat embarrassing. Uh, but uh, you can't lose this game, I don't think. You can only win or tie. Although we were, talk- which is what I'm going for the tie. We were talking at the break that, uh, that this is more points than you've ever had on Table Talk Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. I was thinking, you know, we have our little bump in where is means is and finish means finished, right. but the points don't mean anything. I think we should add that. <laughs> The points don't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Those of you taking, uh, t- keeping score at home, that's just a friendly reminder. Uh, the points don't mean anything. If the points did mean something, we could call it legalism radio. <laughs> but this is table talk. The points don't matter. We were talking about this question about this idea of the dispensational premillennialists, though, that they have uh, they have this understanding that when Jesus comes back to rule in the millennium, that he'll sit on the throne of David in in Jerusalem, rebuilt the, the the throne and the David's castle there in Jerusalem. That there will be a rebuilt temple, and that Jesus will be sacrificing animals in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem for a thousand years. Now, this is really crazy. I mean, if it's almost as if the the entire scriptures, and the, especially the book of Hebrews, and the and the and the constant teaching that the work of Christ has brought an end to the sacrifices is is just ignored. That the sacrifices are brought back. Uh, it really shows the kind of uh, Israelocentric hermeneutic that the dispensationalists use to read the scriptures, and it's um, and it's a bit it's a bit worrisome. They also have this idea that in the millennium you have uh, you have those that are resurrected, Christians that die or are raptured and then are brought back and they're in their resurrected state, and then you have those Jews who converted in the tribulation in the seven year tribulation who make it into the millennium in their earthly bodies. So the Christians don't have families, don't have children, but these Jews who make it in do, and then some of those children or the children of the children will then. Join in the rebellion of the devil at the end of the millennium, in which Jesus will have to come back a, kind of a third time for another war of Armageddon at the end of the millennium and and uh, and straighten things up again. Uh, so this, I mean, the more you look into the dispensational view of the millennium, the really the more kind of science fiction wacky it gets. Well, this this um, uh, uh, belief that Jesus would be uh, reinstituting sacrifices then in the temple, uh, atonement is found through sacrifices. Is that what they teach? No, they teach a, that they have a sacramental character, an ordin an ordinance character. So. Um, so, so just like the Lord's Supper is for remembrance, that the sacrifices that Jesus offers are for remembrance of His sacrifice. Oh, okay. Huh. Uh, but still, it's weird. It seems like a lot and to keep track of. I mean, if, if you don't have the the whole chart laid out before you here. Uh, no, look, I used to be a dispensationalist, and I would say to myself, I mean, I'd sit under these teachings, uh, listen to all this stuff, and I'd nod my head, and I, 
But I would always say, I really need to study eschatology because I, it didn't quite mesh. And I knew I was missing some things. But this is the problem is the system is so complex that you have to be one of these end times gurus to sort the thing out. And, and if you got the guru status for the, you know, your end times teaching, then, then who's going to question if you know what you're talking about? Because you can quote the scriptures at 90 miles an hour and, uh, uh, and you seem like you got it all pictured together, but uh, but it is a very complicated, complex system. Next to it, what the Bible teaches mostly, the second coming, the judge, the resurrection, and the judgment, and in, in just that simple. Uh, it, well, it's certainly not as romantic, and it's not as exciting, and you can't make uh, seven volumes of a, of a book uh, about Jesus returning and raising the dead and, and judging them. Not a bestseller. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not nearly as romantic. Huh. Well, I, I t- I'll go to 400 then, mo- moving the game along. Okay. Uh, focused on the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus, this theological system expects the Lord's return, the resurrection of all flesh, the great judgment, and then the new heaven and the new earth. What is amillennialism? Right, heaven. Right you are. Uh, and that's what we're talking about, uh, the, the simplicity of Jesus returning, uh, like we say in the Creed every Sunday. Uh, uh, he will return, uh, he will come again in glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. So that the kingdom that the Lord brings is not a 1,000-year kingdom, but like the prophet Daniel tells us, it is the stone that is the kingdom that knows no end. It's an everlasting kingdom. Uh, and so all millennialism teaches that that at the end of this of this time of this earth of this age, Jesus will bring in the resurrection, the judgment, and the new heaven and the new earth. Just that simple. Sounds easy enough for me. Is there a five hundred then? There is a five hundred, and this is the the daily double. <laughs> okay, so how much do I have to wager here? Well, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have one thousand. Points. <laughs> I will wager. You have a millennia pointers. <laughs> uh, I will wager the nine hundred. What? Put it all on the table. Come on. I. You're no. gonna hold back a, a, a hundred? So what? That way, if think? I if I get it wrong, I can still come out with something. Do you know how I, Jesus which is talks more than about? You can look, show for. We, that we live as if his coming is we expect his coming at any time that we're not supposed to save stuff up <laughs> hold things back but to but to give this all away in service to his kingdom I wager haven't you read the scriptures 900 and I'm, I'm tithing 10 percent <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right we'll have to have a special show on tithing here pretty soon. <laughs> about sending your tithe to table talk radio <laughs> all right for 900 points. This theology thinks that the second coming of Jesus has already occurred. <laughs> so this would be the curveball. Yes, yes. I'm proud of myself for this question here. This theology thinks that the second coming has already occurred. I don't think this the is judgment. The judgment. This isn't one of our four, is it? No, it isn't. Okay, then it is a more obscure. Uh, it is a more obscure eschat- eschatological system. Uh, I don't know this one, so I am going to have to uh, uh, just surrender my nine hundred points. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I surrender all. <laughs> all right. All but 100. All but 100. This, the, the theology is called preterism or full preterism. It's the idea, and there's a few folks out there, that they believe that in the destruction of Jerusalem, that was the second coming uh, in 70 A.D. It, it was the promised second coming of Jesus, and it fulfilled all of the end times promises that Jesus gave. Uh, so there's full preterism, which says that there's nothing left, that we're actually in the eternal state, that Jesus has already returned. And then there's what's called partial preterism, which probably everyone is to a degree, which says that most of the things that Jesus promised uh, were fulfilled in the in the destruction of Jerusalem. But there's a, for example, the second coming and the judgment still remain. But there are those folks out there who think that all of this has already happened, that the second coming of Jesus, the judgment, um, and all of this has already occurred, and that's called full preterism. Well, I did not you know that, so uh, I, I come away with only a, a hundred points. Then I almost tempted you to give them all. <laughs> Man, I was wishing you would have done that. Okay, well, zero let's, you let's, out. Let's start in on this <laughs> this next game. Then answer the question as, and I'm going to ask you some questions. Now we're going to go back and forth on each. You're question. sad about your point loss, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Are you? No, because how many points do you have? <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, maybe so I'll get some in this next game. Answer I'll, the question as okay. I'll, tell me how it works again, and then okay. Well, we'll I'm going to ask you a question. And do you want to answer it, uh, each question w- with both views, or do you want to go through the line as one view and then? Well, let's do both so we can compare them side to side. All right. What so I'm going to ask you a question. And first, a answer the question as a dispensationalist, and okay. then I want you to ask answer the question as a Lutheran. So you ready as a All dispensationalist right. first? All right, let me shake my head up uh, and bang it against the wall a couple times. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay. As a dispensationalist, uh, what is uh, the temple and sacrifice? All right. The temple is a building in Jerusalem uh, where animal sacrifices are uh, offered uh, by the Levitical priesthood, those that are from the bloodline of Levi, of the tribe uh, of, of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, the temple was for the for the fifth dispensation, the dispensation of Moses, uh, where sacrifices were to be offered daily uh, in the temple. And the temple is also for the seventh millennium, uh, the seventh dispensation. That's the millennial kingdom where uh, the rebuilt temple will be there and the Lord Jesus will oversee the sacrifices of bulls and goats in the temple as a remembrance of his death. Okay. And then uh, started on the answer then as a Lutheran, uh, what is the temple and what is sacrifice? I'm going to have to interrupt you for a break, go, but go ahead. All right. Well, we understand that Jesus uh, is the temple. After all, he says in John, uh, tear down this temple in three days and uh, tear down this temple and I will build it up in three days. And, and the text says that we know that he was speaking of the temple of his body. So while there was a physical temple in the Old Testament, Jesus takes that uh, title on himself. So that the church, the people of God, the body of Christ, is the temple of the living God uh, where the Holy Spirit dwells on earth. Very good. You got it in before the break, but uh, now it is All time right. to go to our break. So uh, stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio right after this. And we're going to be continuing this game. Answer the question as. And then after that, we're, uh, we're going to be looking at some uh, certain proof texts uh, for uh, the end times views. So we'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this.
Hi, this is Brian Wolfmuller, co-host of Table Talk Radio. Would you consider becoming one of the Table Talk Radio Radical Reformation Glee Club members? We're looking for three or four people to support us with 25 to $30 a year. We know that that's asking a lot, but the church consultants and word faith teachers tell us to think and plan big. If you'd like to support us, click the Donate Now button on just about every single page on our website, tabletalkradio.org. And we're back for Table Talk Radio. Uh, hey, I've got t- some homegrown jokes here, Evan. You know the problem Stand with back, homegrown everyone. jokes. This is dangerous. <laughs> they, is that they aren't funny <laughs> like these. I got a few you might be a dispensationalist if. I was going to try to do the, you might be a dispensationalist. All the radio just not to, turned so. off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You might be a dispensationalist if you have a T-shirt that says, Bachelor to the Rapture. And a bumper sticker that says, in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Nice. Uh, in uh, fact, that's proof that you are a dispensationalist. Wait a minute. Isn't that bumper sticker on your car? <laughs> I thought, I thought. You, it used to be. Used uh, to be. I, I put it on there when you weren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Bachelor to the Rapture t-shirt myself. That's nice. You might be a dispensationalist if, when you hear dead air on the Christian radio station, you think that you've missed the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me before. <laughs> it happened. I turned on the Christian radio, and there was nothing, and I said, <gasps> You might be a dispensationalist if you've written a note for your unbelieving or Lutheran family members <laughs> that says, If I go missing suddenly, read this letter. <laughs> I like the, the oh, added boy. Lutheran family members on that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you, you might be a dispensationalist if you're watching the Olympics and Russia gets a gold medal and you say, Gog got another gold. <laughs> <laughs> that's for those insiders. Gog and Magog, that's uh, in Ezekiel 38, that's, as everybody knows, the kingdom of Russia, which will invade from the north and uh, wipe out Israel. <laughs> All right, one more. Okay, one more. Uh, you might be a dispensa- dispensationalist. If each election cycle, you wonder which of these candidates is the Antichrist. Oh, <laughs> and we'll be talking about that now. Just <laughs> Very good. Oh, All right, boy. well, we're in the middle oh. of playing uh, Answer the Question oh, as, yeah. and you successfully That's answered the first question, uh, what is the temple and what is sacrifice? So the next question is, first as a dispensationalist, what is Israel? Am I, wor- am I doing volunteer work here, or do I get points for these answers? You'll get points at the end. I, does anyone like to prove Volunteer my prophetic work. abilities? Um, <laughs> and I'll just make a prophecy here that in the end of this game, I'm going to get 99 <laughs> points so that I don't have as many as uh, the seminarian gag line there. Well, not still now. From, from losing uh, the points on the previous. Are you going to answer so, the question or are you what stalling? <laughs> What was it? What is Israel? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, look, this is a great... Uh, here's a little insight into, into how to play this game if you want to play Answer This Question As at home. Uh, to answer the question as a, as a dispensationalist, you, you have to use what I like to call an Israelocentric hermeneutic so that you see all the promises of the Old Testament and New Testament, all of these things, as uh, being fulfilled in the, in the natural, fleshly bloodline of Abraham, uh, Israel. 
Uh, whereas if you're a, a Lutheran, you understand that all of these names, terms, and promises are fulfilled in Christ. Like Paul says, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. So we get to this question of Israel. I'm going to answer it first as a dispensationalist. Israel is the uh, those who are descendants of Jacob or Israel. Those are of the 12 tribes uh, who can trace their ancestry back to that historical person. So to be Israel is to have the bloodline, it's to be of the race uh, of the Jews. And we, the dispensational, we dispensationalists think that um, while the church age resulted from Israel's rejection of Jesus, uh, and so the Lord extended his care and concern to the Gentiles, uh, he will remove the church out of the way um, through the rapture so that he can go back to dealing with the nation of Israel. After all, the 70 weeks promised to David uh, weren't fulfilled. God only did 69 weeks, and there's one more week of dealing with Israel left in the history of the world. That's the seven years of the Great Tribulation. And in that tribulation, all those Jews who are left behind will be converted to the soon-coming powerful Messiah, uh, and many of them will be martyred for it, uh, but they will be brought in then into the new millennial kingdom, uh, in which is the fulfillment of all of the earthly promises to God's earthly people, Israel. Okay. Are you ready then to answer the question as a Lutheran? Uh, sure. So what Israel, is Israel? Yeah, Israel is the church, God's chosen people, Old and New Testament. Uh, so that in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were built, uh, were to be true Israel, was to have faith in the promise of the coming Messiah and his death. And the same is true to be Israel now. Uh, Paul talks about in his letters the Israel of God, which is the church. He, he writes in Romans 9, 10, and 11 explaining this whole thing about how the how the cultivated branches of the olive tree were cut off because of unbelief and the, and the uncultivated olive branches, that is, the believing Gentiles, were grafted in through faith. And Paul talk, and one of the most beautiful uh, discussions of the, in the scriptures is in Ephesians 2, where Paul talks about how the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile has been torn down and they have been made one, reconciled, in the body of Christ. So that in the church... Uh, those that are ethnic Jews and those that are ethnic Gentiles all become part of the Israel of God, uh, the chosen people. All right, that's pretty good. Uh, you're, you just earned more points, but I'm not going to tell you how many. <laughs> secret. This is a secret point giving. It'll be like the secret rapture at the end. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, uh, by the way, if you just uh, don't hear me for a while, you were probably left behind, so just so you know. <laughs> Okay, uh, so uh, first is a dispensationalist, then what is the millennium? All right, the millennium is the 1,000 years that Jesus will rule and reign on earth. It's the earthly fulfillment of the earthly promise to the earthly people Israel, uh, and it will happen after the seven-year tribulation, after Jesus' second, second coming, uh, and the war of Armageddon. And it will be a literal 1,000 years. Okay, then uh, as a Lutheran, what is the millennium? Well, we want to interpret Scripture with Scripture. So when we turn to Revelation chapter 20 and we see this talk of 1,000 years, we want to say, what marks this 1,000 years? How do we know when it is? In fact, when we look, this is very interesting, Evan. When we look at what, how the Bible uses the phrase 1,000 years, we see that it's always used as an understanding of completeness. So we have Psalm 90. 
which says a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. And Peter quotes that psalm. Uh, that, that's the psalm of Moses, the oldest psalm in the Bible. Peter quotes it when he says the Lord isn't uh, slack about his coming, as some are in the habit of thinking slackness or slowness, uh, but is long-suffering, not desiring for any to... Uh, perish, rem- and then remembering that with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. So Peter uses that phrase 1,000 years to describe the time of the Lord's patience between his second coming, or between his first coming and his second coming in judgment. Uh, so we understand then when we turn to the to the book of Revelation and see the thousand years there that it is a description of the Lord's patience, the time between his ascension and his return in judgment. And that's further collaborated by the fact that the mark of the millennium in Revelation chapter 20 is the binding of the devil. So we have the binding of the devil here, and we simply ask the question, are there other scriptures which talk about the binding of the devil? Uh, And the answer is, yeah. In fact, Jesus tells a parable about it. He says that you can't bind a strong man. Uh, He tells this parable in in the beginning of Mark, also in Matthew. Uh, If you want to loot the house of the strong man, you have to first bind the strong man, and then you can steal all of his goods. And this is in the context of him uh, casting out demons and rescuing people from the power of the devil. So it's clear in the text that the strong man is the devil. So that Jesus, in his cross, in his death, and in his resurrection, binds the devil. He casts him into the bottomless pit. Uh, He sets a seal on him so that his word can go to all of the nations. And we see that that's true, that that now the gospel, whereas before Jesus' death, it it was really limited to a small pocket of people just found in Israel. Now it's expanded all over the earth. And so this is the... Um, th- this is precisely the time and the gifts that the Lord is talking about in, in Revelation chapter 20. So the millennium is the rule and reign of Christ through his word of forgiveness and life, uh, which we are in right now, and which the Lord will bring to an end in the suddenness and brightness of his second coming, uh, when he'll raise all the dead, uh, judge all the dead, and enter into the new heaven and the new earth with all of his uh, blood-bought people. Okay, then as a dispensationalist, how would you answer the question, what is the most important event in history? Well, I would be torn, if I were a dispensationalist, between the reconstitution of the nation Israel uh, in 1944 and the second coming of Jesus. Those are two pretty important events. Uh, (laughs) the the rebuilding of the uh, or the reconstitution of national Israel uh, is really what uh, most dispensationalists will see as the mark of the end times uh, that this indicates that we're in the last generation that Jesus spoke of uh, and so they really put all of their that that's the day nineteen whatever the date was in 1944 that the prophetic time clock started again uh, they would say so this is a huge event for them. Uh, but even more is the second coming of Jesus. In fact, uh, I always, as a as a dispensationalist, you're looking for the second coming because now finally the world will see Jesus as he truly is. There is a bit of a a subtle shame in the cross uh, for the dispensationalist that says that Jesus, his coming in weakness and his coming in humility, um, was a bit of a out of character for him that for his power and for his glory and for his might and so they look for the second coming for him to come in vengeance and and to really show his true colors Uh, so somewhere between those two i would say those are the most important events in history which was uh 1948 by the way so i i thought it was 44 i just deducted four points (laughs) 
1948, is it? Really? Yeah. Uh, huh. In fact, I, I, Googled, sure I Googled it while you were while you were rambling. And uh, May 14th, 1948, <laughs> uh, the state of Israel declared <laughs> independence. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it was after World War II, and for, World War II was still going on in 44. So, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. All right, let's get the Lutheran response to that question right after this break, and then we'll get into uh, our final segment here. So stay tuned. More Table Talk Radio and Pastor Wolf Miller's uh, Point Dispensation right after this. Table Talk Radio is listener-supported. Well, in theory it is. We actually haven't had any listeners support us yet, but the concept is a good one. If you'd like to be the first, click Donate Now at our website, tabletalkradio.org. You're in luck. Another segment of Table Talk Radio is uh, forthcoming. Uh, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You might be a dispensationalist. Oh, here we go so you again. want some more of these? <laughs> you, you might be a dispensationalist if you've eaten more Passovers suppers than you have Lord's suppers. <laughs> what do you think about that one? You might be a dispensationalist if the only traditional hymns you want to sing are the ones that were originally written in Yiddish. <laughs> How many Yiddish hymns do you know? Oh, I've got boatloads of them here. You might be... Uh, what were I doing? Oh, yeah, you might be a dispensationalist. If you would rather be Jewish than Catholic... That's, this, there's a story behind this one. I went to a dispensational church and did a survey and asked the question, uh, if you only had two choices, which would you rather be, Jewish or Roman Catholic? And you know, want to know the survey result? I mean, it's a somewhat informal survey. I think I surveyed about 28 people. And out of the 28 people surveyed, uh, it was three or four, I think, uh, that said they would rather be Roman Catholic than Jewish. Uh, and the rest said they'd rather be Jewish. And I, and here, okay, so here's the story. I'm, I'm walking along, and there's these four, these four young folks. There's two guys and two gals. And I asked a question. The one gal in the end says, uh, oh, that's easy, Catholic. And everyone else stares at her like she's crazy. And they say, they say, what do you mean, Catholic? And, uh, uh, and the uh, uh, the gal says, "Well, at least the Roman Catholics believe in Jesus," which I thought was a pretty good point. Right. And they and they oh, the other one, this guy stood out and said to her, "Yeah, but when Jesus returns, the Jewish people will recognize him as the Messiah, and they'll be saved." My goodness. And she says, "She says, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Put me down as Jewish." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> she changed her answer. Oh boy! Oh, man. this was really something. So there you go. That's Very good. dispensationalism at work. Well, right before the break, we were playing "Answer the Question As," and I asked you the question: uh, What is the most important event in history? And as a dispensationalist, you answered that you were torn between the uh, 1948 establishment of Israel or um, the Second Coming of Christ. So then, uh, as uh, as a Lutheran, what is the most important event in history? The death of Jesus on the cross, without question. This is the defining moment of all of history. It's, it's on the cross that we see who God is, uh, that he is love, and that he is willing to give up everything, even fellowship with his own son, 
who is God in the flesh. He's even willing to give that up to have us as his dear children. It's on the cross that we see God's love for us. It's on the cross that we see how much uh, he cares. It's on the cross that we see his wrath that has to that burns hot against sin. And we see it poured out on another, not on us. It's on the cross that we have salvation and the forgiveness of sins and, and life and eternal life uh, and the resurrection and the sure hope of the new heaven and the new earth and all of these things. So without question... It is the cross. It is the defining moment in all of history. Okay, then one, we'll do one more, and this will lead into our, our, our text that we're going to look at. And this last question then is, as a dispensationalist first, what is the rapture? The rapture is that secret coming of Jesus where he comes halfway back to the earth to call his church out of the earth for the purpose of taking up his dealing with Israel according to the flesh. So because God still has things to do to finish up the fifth dispensation, the dispensation of the law, the dispensation of Moses, uh, he has to bring an end to the sixth dispensation, the dispensation of the church age, by tearing out of the earth all of the Christians. He gets them out of the way, so then he can go with uh, finishing up his his seven-year dealings with Israel. So the rapture is totally secret. No one knows when it is coming. Um, and uh, and all of the Christians are suddenly whisked away. It seems, by the way, to be the popular opinion of dispensationalists that this sudden disappearance of Christians will be blamed uh, on aliens, an alien invasion. That's what they think that those left behind are going to blame this on. Really? I hadn't heard so, that before. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. In fact, my, f- my dad, who was born on the same day that the aliens crashed in Roswell, you know, uh, which now, so we always joke that we know where he came from. Uh, <laughs> went down uh, on a on a whim. Went down to Roswell with my brother, Roswell, New Mexico, where the crash was, uh, about ten years ago, to hear Chuck Missler, this End Times teacher, teaching on this sort of stuff. And this is the idea that uh, that the alien conspiracy is a demonic conspiracy to be able to excuse the rapture, so that the people left behind uh, won't be. Uh, in mass converted to Christ because they see that the rapture promised in the scriptures is true. So there you go. That's dispensationalism. Is it also important uh, for dispensation? This is kind of going outside the question of what is, what is the rapture, but is it important for dispensationalists then to uh, uh, pay attention to the new technology that's coming out? Because you know, we always talk about the you know the mark of the beast and you know putting these uh, computer chips in people's skin and things like that. It seems like uh, I always hear Christians get worried when they talk about some sort of a new computer chip. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That the uh, that the bars that are on the groceries are the mark of the beast. I can't remember why they are, but they are. And these little uh, chips that they put in your dog so you can find it. Uh, this also is the mark of the Antichrist, who apparently has on his platform not losing pets. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, this all this. I mean, all, there's all this conspiracy theory, con- conspiracy theory stuff that gets in there for this dispensationalism. Uh, All right, as a Lutheran, so, what is oh, the rapture? Uh, it is, here, here's the simplest way to say what the scriptures teach about the rapture. The rapture is the resurrection of the living. And it answers the question, uh, we know that when Jesus turn, re- returns, that the dead will be resurrected, but what about those that are alive? Will the Lord put them to death in order to resurrect them? Or will those that are living miss the resurrection? There was concerns about this in the in the ancient church and so Paul writes both to the Thessalonians and to the Corinthians to tell them no no uh, if you're alive when Jesus returns you will have the gift of the resurrection you will be fit with an immortal body but it won't be because you pass through death it's a mystery 
Uh, so Paul teaches this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and following, and also in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and following, that those who are alive and remaining until the time of the Lord will be caught up together with the resurrected dead in the skies. So the rapture is simply the mechanism which the Lord Jesus uses to give the resurrection to those who are alive when he returns. Okay, well that's a nice transition then to some of our texts because the text I want to uh, look at, it's usually a proof text for uh, people who are trying to argue for a, a rapture, um, a secret rapture, is Matthew twenty four forty and 41. Uh, oh, first, Pastor Wolf, I need to give you your points. Are you ready? I'm ready. You get 666 points. <laughs> oh, man. That's a dirty trick. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Matthew uh, 24, 40 and 41 says, the, says, uh, says this. Then there shall be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, and one will be left. And so the uh, secret rapture theologian would say, look, uh, Jesus is talking about two people in the field, and one's taken away, and the other one's left, uh, was left behind right there. You have it in the scriptures. How do you respond? Well, it is true. I mean, that's what it talks about. That's This is where the phrase, by the way, left behind, uh, and all the left behind books and bumper stickers and, and the DC Talk song and all of this comes from, this text. But we want to get a, pull in a little bit of the context. So if you'll allow me, Evan, to back up to verse uh, 38 in Matthew 24. It says this, For as in the days before the flood, there were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Man, or something like that. So also will, be, will the coming of the Son of Man be. Excuse me. So, so here it talks about the flood coming and taking people away. Now who was taken away? It was those who were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and didn't know it. In other words, the taking away is the taking away that the flood accomplished. It's the taking away of the Lord's judgment. And what the text is teaching is that the flood came so suddenly that no one was prepared except for Noah. No one who who didn't have the Lord's promise and who didn't know, no one was ready for that. And so when the flood came, it took them away in judgment. So if those who were taken away were those who were judged, then who were who were the ones that were left behind? It was ones Noah. That drowned the fr- oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, those the taken away were the, those that drowned, and the ones that was were left were Noah and his wife and his three boys and their wives. See, right? Yeah. So to be, so to in the context here, to be taken away is to be taken away in judgment. To be left is to escape the judgment of the Lord. So when we go right to the next verse, when Jesus teaches. Uh, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. What this is talking about is the suddenness of Jesus' coming, that his, co- that his coming will happen so instantaneously that, that even the, uh, the Christians will be ready only by faith. They'll be working and doing their vocation. It's only their trust in Christ and has them prepared for his coming. But the unbeliever will not. And those who do not believe and trust in the Lord Jesus and cling to his name and to his cross for life eternal, those, when he comes, will be taken away in judgment. Uh, so this is what the text is, is talking about. So we should say, it's true that there are those that will be taken and those that will be left behind. But Lord, please let us be those that are left behind, that are not taken away in judgment but that escape your judgment through the judging that you did of Christ on the cross. And through his blood and through his righteousness, we come to eternal life. 
Have you seen those uh, shorts on the back that says "Left Behind" on the on the left cheek there? <laughs> I was thinking we should uh, give one of those away as the prize for our oh. listener participation game that we forgot to do this show. Uh oh. So we go without this show and then uh, check back next week for. Uh, or we could post them on the website. Uh, just uh, just uh, contact us. The way you win this game is just contact us and say hello and that you like the show. Give us a show idea. How about that? And then yeah, we'll pick a winner out of those people that uh, that call us this week and we'll and we'll send you a prize. How okay, so that? do that by calling 866-851-5523 or emailing us uh, lpg at tabletalkradio.org. That's all the time we have. Thank you, Pastor Wolfmiller, for all the uh, uh, wonderful points you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But I think you won, though. I, I had 100, and you got 666. <laughs> so, all right, that's it for Table Talk Radio. Uh, tune again next time, same time, same place. Uh, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.